the voice in your ears right now. It's perfect, Purvis. And this is American Football in Finland. First time listeners, welcome to the show. Hope you enjoy brutally honest football analysis and opinions because I'm all out of bullshit. Returning followers and AFF faithful, you know what it is. T-I-F. Today, let's talk about week four in the Maple League. First thoughts on the games was, I feel like it was a decent week of football in Finland, finally. The Thursday game had no defense whatsoever, but it was still fun to watch two different styles of play go against each other for four entire quarters. The Steelers look every bit as good as advertised so far in the season, and the Royals look like a team that'll actually be fighting for that fourth playoff spot if they continue to improve like every week this season. Now, the game in Tampa was something different. I was able to attend that one and see the game in person. This was a real football game. The Roosters were definitely the better team, but the Saints made them work for it. If the Saints could have produced some type of like offensive rhythm, that game would have been much closer than the 35-14 to 14 score suggests. Just watching the game was enjoyable because it kind of reminded me of a decent Saturday afternoon game played back in the States, you know? Just, they took me back. I appreciate that from the Roosters and the Saints, you know, giving me something to really watch that weekend, last weekend, matter of fact. Also, the Roosters secondary. <laughs> Boy, I'll get to that later, though. I'll talk about that later. Overall, it was an enjoyable week of football worth talking about today on the show, so let's get it. American Football in Finland. Thursday night, the Quobio Steelers beat the Wausau Royals 48-33. Before I talk about the game, let's get into the numbers. Team stats, Steelers had 343 yards to the Royals 375, so the Royals actually outgained them. The Royals had 258 passing and 117 rushing, while the Steelers only had 211 passing and 132 rushing. Turnover, Steelers had one fumble, Royals had one fumble. Third down conversions, Steelers were 5 of 13, while the Royals were 7 of 16. Fourth down conversions, Steelers were 2 for 3 and the Royals were 1 for 4. So fourth down conversion kind of really told a tale. Steelers, they were able to get it on fourth while the Royals weren't. The average starting position for the Steelers was on the Royals' 46-yard line, while the average starting position for the Royals was on their own 27-yard line. Individual stat leaders, you had Seth Peters, quarterback for the Quopio Steelers, was 13 for 30, 211 yards, four touchdowns. Running back Aku Otella had 24 rush attempts, 84 yards, and two touchdowns. And wide receiver Charles Ward had five receptions for 105 yards, four touchdowns. On the defensive side, Donovan Hayden led all tacklers with 12 tackles, one forced fumble, and a sack. Miko Aspinen also had five tackles. For the Wassel Royals, Isaac Fisher, the quarterback, was 21 for 42, had 258 yards. Justin Williams, the running back, had 24 rushing attempts, 126 yards, five touchdowns, and he also had six receptions for 80 yards. Defensively for the Royals, Stephen Tressfield had 12 tackles and one forced fumble, and linebacker Stacey Thomas had 10 tackles and two tackles for a loss. That's all the stats. All right, this game was 
definitely a barn burner in my opinion. Uh, both teams put up a lot of points. But as you heard from me telling the stats, a lot of it was field position. Steelers had a really good field position, so scoring was easy for them. The Royals usually have to drive the damn field to score, which they actually were able to do a lot, but not nearly as much as they were able to give a short field to the Steelers. So that just really made the difference in this game. Just a, a few things to talk about. Royals, third down conversions. Oh, my gosh. You guys have to make third down conversions. Uh, the offensive scheme is built on driving the field. Anytime you don't make third downs, your drive is over. And early in the game, I'm going to put it out there, one of my favorite receivers in Finland, UC Koss, he was not there for Isaac Fisher in this game. He kept dropping passes on third downs. And I know Isaac and him are building a relationship. They know each other well. They've got to get this fixed, man, because I want to see you guys be successful. Another thing that was interesting about this game, what can Stacey Thomas not do? The guy is second on the team in tackles behind Steven Tressfield, but he's also playing wide receiver, slot receiver, running back, and fullback. And he did all those in this game. And he was actually the second leading receiver behind the actual, the actual starting running back, Justin Williams, in this game. But he was the main receiver for these guys, and he's a linebacker slash defensive back, actually. That says something about what the Royals have going offensively, but it also says more about how how dynamic Stacey Thomas is, and he's doing his thing for them. He's all in for them this year. But back to the Royals' offense, you guys had five three-and-out series in the first half of the game, and that sets you up because your defense was playing well, but you're not giving your defense any rest. In that first half, those five three-and-outs, those series, you're putting the defense right back on the field. And there were... The Royals' defense was playing well versus the Steelers. As you can see, the Steelers didn't outgain the Royals. But that first half, that came back to bite you in the ass in the second half. In the second half, the Steelers put up points because that defense was tired. The Royals don't have the numbers that they need to be able to go a full game of three and outs and going back on the field every four plays. And you guys just did not help them. You have to play compliment ball. And the Royals didn't play compliment ball. I mean, they played great, in my opinion, as an overall unit, they really played good in this game. Maybe not great. I might have overshot it with the word great. But, I mean, offensively, you had things going. And when you were good, you were good. That offense could drive the entire field. Had a lot of, like, 70 and 80-yard drives in this game. But those times where you were going three and out, that's what hurt you. You can't have that, that inconsistency. That's why the Royals are not winning the games they should be winning this year because they're inconsistent offensively. Uh, on the defensive side, I really have nothing bad to say about the Royals. I think you guys play great. You can't stop Charles Ward. It is what it is. I won't talk too much about that. Rufio Khalifa wasn't there. Denny John was playing defensive back. And shout out to Denny. You actually played really good, man. I liked how you were playing. Aggressive. Uh, you didn't give up any big plays, really, that I saw. Defensively, the Royals didn't really play with the team they wanted to play with. I know they're missing a defensive lineman in Marty Cause. He has the hand issue. Uh, defensive back Khalifa wasn't there in this game. And then Charles Ward had an epic game. That could have been part of the reason. Who knows? Royals defensively, you guys held in there tough. I really I don't have any negative things to say besides giving up those touchdown passes. On that one play where Seth Peters ran around for three days, yeah, that's bad. But Seth Peters did a hell of a job making that play 
and he made some good guys miss. Thomas Check-in, Laurie, Laurie Hanala, you both missed him like twice in that one play. He's a short guy. He's elusive. He's quick. He can change direction. It happens. Um, even Charles Ward catching that touchdown pass on that play, it took forever. So it makes sense you lose in coverage. But a lot of those other passes that, that Ward was catching, I mean, he was running slants, verticals without getting jammed, touch, just running through the defense. The Royals have to get that fixed or they're going to be looking at a lot of lopsided games because their defense can't hang one-on-one situations. Personnel, they're getting beat by personnel, not scheme. They stopped the Steelers from running the ball very well, but when it counted, the Steelers were able to run it to make short scores in the game, but they could also pass when they wanted to. So overall, defensively, you just got to be more consistent. I think that's the thing we're coming up with for the Royals. Just overall, you guys have to be more consistent. Offense and defense, you have to be more consistent if you really want to win some of these games in the Maple League. Now, let's talk about the Steelers. Hey, man, y'all put up all the points in the world again. I will give credit where credit's due. Seth Peters, Charles Ward, Aku Oatala, uh, even that offensive line, y'all did really good. Defensively, y'all did solid. I wouldn't say great, but definitely not bad. Donovan Hayden was the guy for the defense, but he a lot of times he was blitzing, and they were getting the ball off before he could get in there. Or he was going in, he was making tackles, but they were running away from him. And they were able to be successful. They drove the field doing that. So at some point, that Steelers defense has to – someone else has to step up. Someone else has to step up and make a play for them outside of Donovan Hayden in this game. I know they still won the game, but you showed a lot of weakness in that off, on that defensive side being able to get run through like the way you did. The Royals threw for over 250 yards. If you were to ask the Royals before the season, will they ever throw for over 250 yards? They would probably say no, because that's not who they are or what they want to be, but they were allowed to be that in this game. Obviously, the Steelers' offense was scoring fast, so that meant the defense was on the field a lot, but... The defense was stopping the the Royals at times. You had, what, five three-and-outs. I said that earlier. But you couldn't consistently keep it, and eventually they started getting big gains. And they did it bringing in a wide receiver who played linebacker during the game. So Stacey Thomas was out there going both ways and making plays on the Steelers' defense. That is troublesome. There should not be a guy that can go both ways and then play wide out. He, he played linebacker which is a very physical position, and then play wide receiver and was making plays on the Steelers' defensive backs. I'm sorry, that's just really not acceptable. I think the Steelers are a great offensive unit, but defensively, their weaknesses are showing. Even in the second game, their weaknesses are showing that, hey, we have some holes and they need to get them fixed. I feel like I ranted. I didn't mean to rant. I really didn't. I think that the Steelers are a great team. I think... Bell getting reps at running back is awesome. I really want to see him play more running back because he's so dynamic running the ball and he makes so many plays. Um, That actually reminds me. The most dangerous thing about the Steelers is that the Steelers have some of the most dynamic playmakers in the league. Hand to God, these guys are probably the best players in the Maple League and last year played in Division I. And now they're, like, making their names known that, hey, we need to be watched. Seth Peters, Justin Bell, Charles Ward, 
these guys can take over a game, and that's what they're doing. These first two games took over the game by those positions, those guys making big plays and beating their opponents. I guess the only reason I'm really kind of coming at the Steelers right now is because you guys are about to play the Roosters. I don't want to have any favorites in this. I would prefer that. No, I'm not going to tell you who I prefer to win the game. But I do want to see a good game. I do want to see a good game. And I think that the Steelers are the team that can give me a good game against the Roosters. I'm only hard on the Steelers because I expect great things from you guys. I expect you guys to be the team to play the Roosters to the tilt. It's kind of like when that coach is always on you about doing this right, doing that right. And you're like, why are you always on me, coach? Well, if I wasn't talking to you, that's when you should be worried. So if you're a Steelers fan or play for the Steelers, if I ain't talking about y'all, that's when you should be worried because right now I feel like I need to talk about y'all at all times and tell you everything that I see out there so you guys can have that motivation to go out there and do some big things, man. I expect big things from you. All right, now I'm done talking about the Steelers-Royals game, but um, actually I'll have an interview. I'll now interview Justin Williams, a running back from the Wassel Royals. And he'll tell us a little bit about how the game went and what's coming up for the Royals. To listen to the full interview, subscribe to the AFF podcast and become a patron today. To listen to my interview with Seth Peters, a quarterback from Copio Steelers, you can check it out either on perfectpurpose.com or go to the AFF podcast page. What's up? Are you enjoying the AFF podcast? Damn right you are. Well, let the world know you enjoy the show. Follow AFF on the Podbean app. Just head over to AmericanFootballFinland.Podbean.com and hit that follow button. You can also find the podcast by searching for American Football in Finland on the Podbean app. All right, I'm here with Justin Williams, the running back of the Wassa Royals. Justin, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me, Purvis. All right, it's good to have you on. Let's get into the questions. First question, man, you guys didn't win this game. What do you think kept you guys from getting a win against the um, – damn it, what's the name of that team again? <laughs> uh, the Steelers? Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you again. Hold up. That's what's good about this. It's not live. Uh, okay. Justin, what kept you guys from getting a win against the Steelers this week? Um, uh, Just mental errors and mistakes. You got to eliminate the small mistakes. And uh, I think we would have came out with the win on uh, Thursday. We just um, we fell short at some crucial moments, and we we missed some opportunities and left some points on the board. Uh, on the offensive side, did did you guys see from the Steelers? Did their defense do anything that kind of changed the way y'all went about y'all's game plan, or were y'all able to kind of do exactly what y'all planned on doing beforehand? We came into the game wanting to run the football. And for the most part of the game, I think we were able to stick with our game plan. We kind of knew what they wanted to do, but we were able to execute for the most part and, and continue with our game plan of running the football. What did you see as like the defining moment in the game? When did you feel like it really kind of got away from you guys? I think the defining moment was when um, we had got a, we got a stop. We got a stop in the red zone. And we got the ball maybe about the three or four yard line. And we just had a crucial mistake where uh, Isaac was about to take a sack, but he uh, kind of shuff- shuffled the ball forward and it, they ruled it a fumble. And, we, and they wound up scoring off of that turnover. 
And I think that kind of put the game out of reach because they went it went from. What things happen in this game that you guys are gonna try to correct before your next game next week? Um, we had some defense defensive breakdowns. Uh, we uh had we got a guy hurt or two guys hurt, and you know the backups kind of have to come in and step up. So I just think that you know putting them in some you know a, a, that kind of situation, they wasn't able to execute fully, but they I think they'll definitely be ready for action next week so when they have to get in the game it won't be as uh it won't be as traumatic as it was thursday all right last question justin um this week coming up you guys had a tampa the saints they've also had their share of losses and have one win you guys have a couple losses and one win how do you think you guys match up against this team this week and how do you think you guys will do i think we fare pretty well against the against the saints i think they're going to try to throw the ball against us a lot um, because I think they're probably going to see that as a weakness. But I think we could use that to our advantage and probably make some defensive plays and get some turnovers off of, off of their aggressiveness with throwing the ball. So I think if we could do that and we could take care of ourselves on offense, I think we'll be able to come out with the win. I don't, I don't see it being a blowout, but I think we could definitely put the ball on the ground, run the clock down, grind them, and uh, come out with a win. All right. Justin Williams, running back from the Wasser Royals. Thanks for coming on the show today, man, and good luck to you this week. Thanks for, thanks for having me, brother. American football in Finland. Saturday afternoon, the Helsinki Roosters beat the Tampa Bay Saints 35-14. Before I talk about the game, let's get into the numbers. Team stats, the Saints had 266 yards while the Roosters had 322 Interesting thing for the Roosters, they had 295 passing yards and only 27 rush yards, while the Saints had a more even 140 rush, 126 pass ratio. Turnover, Saints had two interceptions thrown, while the Roosters had one fumble. Third down conversions, the Saints were 6 for 16, the Roosters were 3 for 12. Fourth down conversions, Saints were 0 for 2, Roosters were 2 for 3. Individual stats uh, for the Saints, Kyle Nolan was 9 for 29, 126 yards with two interceptions. He also had 46 yards rushing. Uh, running back Tuka Lettonen had seven attempts for 36 yards and one touchdown. Mickey J, wide receiver, had four receptions for 76 yards. On the defensive side for the Saints, Ronnie L had four and a half tackles. Uh, Elliot Jeffcoat had three tackles, one PBU. Sammy Hantas had three tackles and four PBUs. Yannick Krause, defensive lineman of the week, had two and a half tackles, two tackles for loss, and one PBU. For the Roosters, Brandon Connett was 25 for 40, had 295 yards and four touchdowns. Running back Henry Usula had 10 attempts for only eight yards with one touchdown, but he also had three receptions for 65 yards and another receiving touchdown. Wide receiver Adam Connett had seven receptions for 66 yards and one touchdown. Uh, wide receiver Tommy Pinta had five receptions, 54 yards, one touchdown. Defensively, Santu Ariavainen. Ah, man, I feel like I might have said that right. I'm going to try it again. Santu Ariavainen had five and a half tackles and one PBU. Defensive back Curtis Slater had four and a half tackles, two PBUs, and one interception. DB Marcus Pearson, two tackles, two PBUs. Nico Quick, two tackles, one interception. William Davis, two PBUs. Young Villio had three PBUs. 
I know that was tough for me to say all that, but I had to put all the PBUs out there. There was a lot of aggressive defensive play in this game. All right, let's talk about the Roosters versus the Saints. Very interesting game. Roosters come out, and they are the Roosters. They score. And you're like, okay, this game is going the way that we think it's going to go. And then they get the ball again, and they don't score. And you're like, okay, shit happens. Maybe you don't score. But then the rest of the game, they get an interception, and they score again. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's it. They just had a, a snafu. But then they don't score again for the rest of the half. Going into halftime, it was only 14-6. to six. Honestly, that first half was a really good game of football. I don't know how to explain what happened in this game because I'm watching the game and I'm like, why are the Roosters not doing well against the Tampa Saints? Tampa State's defense is good. Uh, Ville Valtteri Soinen has told me to make sure I say it on the podcast. That defense is not Swiss cheese. And they proved it against the Roosters in this game. Basically, what this new Tampa Saints defense did was they stopped the run. I don't want to say they loaded up the box. I didn't see anything special from what they did. It just looked like they lined up and said, you're not going to run the ball against us. And that's what the Roosters could not do. A lot of what the Roosters do is based off the the run game, forcing you to leave the pass game open. Well, in this game, they tried to set it up with a run, but they could never set up the run. Like I said earlier when I was talking about numbers, they had 27 yards rushing. And that's mostly because they could not run on first and second down. But they're the Roosters. So obviously they were getting pass plays down the field. But mostly they came in the second half when they had to pass. They decided, hey, we can beat them in the pass game. And they could. Saints secondary, it has it leaves a lot to be desired. That's no doubt. But what they did really great was they made the Roosters pass. The Roosters had to pass the ball to beat them. They even had to pass to their running backs out the backfield which is more of a schematic and coaching situation for the Saints that they did not know how to stop a simple pipe route from a running back just running up the seam. That's where coaches take X's and O's and stuff. I don't have time for that today. But let's just talk about a couple of things in the game. Let's talk about the, the Roosters. What you guys did well. You scored when you had to. In the first in the first half, the Roosters didn't really play Roosters football, I want to say. In the second half, they told Brandon Connett, let it rip, and he did. I mean, when you have probably the best player in the league at quarterback position, that's what happens. You guys are going to score your points. Once the Roosters got to 35 points, it was 35 to 6. They started putting in the backups. Overall, their defense, the Roosters' defense, is the reason this game never got out of hand. When their offense was struggling to move and not knowing how to really beat the Saints' defense, the Roosters defense was on the other side just locking down Kyle Nolan and company. Uh, that's why I named all those PBUs in the stats earlier because you guys need to know this secondary was there. Offensively, the Saints had a – their offensive line played great. There was not a lot of pressure on Kyle Nolan. There was times – Kyle Nolan had almost 40 yards rushing in this game. I'm going to look back at the stats. Let me see. He had 46 yards rushing. This was not because he was pressured and had to roll out. Kyle Nolan would back up, look around. None of his receivers were open. And then no one was guarding him, so he would run and get 14, 15 yards a clip. Kyle Nolan is, what is, what is the word when, it, when you're talking about like a white guy that can run? Kyle Nolan is deceptively 
agile and fast, okay? That's what that's the politically correct way to say it. But flat out, the dude is 6'6", but he can move. And he, he's not a slow mover. He's definitely faster than Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. I tell you that right now. In a foot race, he could beat them two guys. The reason he had to use the athletic was because there was no one open. This Rooster's secondary locked down whatever the Saints were trying to do in the passing game. And it showed in this game when the Saints had six, yes, six three-and-out series in this game. Like I said about the earlier game, if you go three-and-out too many times, your defense is going to get beat. And that's what happened in this game. I think both defenses played well. Saints defense played good for the most part. But eventually, I mean, the Roosters are the Roosters. They're going to score on you. But the Saints offense... You guys didn't do nothing. You didn't help anybody out. Even when the Roosters put in their backups, Young Vilio went in as a backup in this game and got three PBUs. That's the backup. And he's the backup to the backup because I think one of their one of their cornerbacks wasn't there, if I'm not mistaken. So he was like the, the fourth string corner, and he's getting PBUs against the Saints starting receivers because you guys – I don't well, I don't know why. I'm not gonna say because you're not good, because that'd be just mean. But the Saints offense was not being productive in this game. You guys have to be productive for your team to win. You're a spread team with a potent offense. You've shown flashes of it at times. The Saints have shown flashes of being that offense. But against the Roosters, I mean it's not gonna happen. The secondary is too is too good of a secondary. I feel like I don't know which side I'm on. Am I on the Roosters' defense or am I saying that the, the Saints' offense is bad? Um, I'm going to choose. Roosters' defense was better than the Saints' offense, so much so that you never felt in this game that the Saints were going to score a lot of points. Even though they ran the ball okay in this game, they were never really consistent with the running game, especially having three different running backs in and out the game while trying to throw almost 40 passes. So they were trying to pass the ball, but at some point they wanted to run but could not because you got in all these different running backs. But the one consistent was that that passing game was not going to be successful against the secondary of the Roosters. I really want I want people to know who these secondary guys are. So I'm just going to name them out. Uh, number two, the safety, Curtis Slater. Number 22, the cornerback, Marcus Pearson. Number 8, the other safety, Nico Quick. Uh, number 21 in this game, usually number 19, plays safety. In this game, he played cornerback, William Davis. And then the young cornerback, who I said earlier, Young Villio, number 20. All these guys made up a defensive backfield that was lights out in this game. And this is the biggest deal about this game is that this secondary was lights out and made the difference. What they did was they said, hey, Saints, if you want to run the ball, you can run it. Saints did not want to run it. They wanted to pass it. And that's where they messed up because Curtis Slater and company were not having it. Almost every pass that was thrown to a Saints receiver was contested. And that's what really set this defensive unit apart. Is It wasn't like they were dropping passes. These passes were difficult passes to catch because they weren't ever really open, but Kyle Nolan had to throw the ball to somebody. He couldn't run the entire game, so he threw the ball to where his receivers could get it, but they could not get it because the Rooster secondary was there. The guys are just that good, man, just that good. I want to give a shout-out, man, shout-out to the Saints O-line. You guys handled the Rooster's defensive front well. 
Obviously, they didn't have all their players, and we're going to hear all about that. Well, they weren't in full strength, good enough. Whatever. You you play the game against who's on the field, and the Saints offensive line, you guys played your asses off against a very good defensive line. And Kyle Nolan was not sacked one time in this game. He was pressured maybe once or twice. He never really was in trouble because he's an athletic quarterback and he can run. But he it was never like too many people in his face or anything. He usually could get off a nice, solid throw. Offensive line for the Saints, man, you guys did great. I just want to let y'all guys know that I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching linemen now, you know. Everybody else is watching the ball. I'm watching linemen. I want to see what you guys are doing in, in the trenches, okay. Last thing I'm going to say about this game is that it was really fun to watch. Uh, I love that they had the parachuters coming in at the beginning of the game. Uh, Tampa, you guys are like my second home now, man. I love going to the, these games where you, you had the wings and the fries and the tacos. And then you had the jumpy castles. You got the, the, the beer garden, of course. Everybody likes that. Fans are all into it. It was hot, too, finally. I'm from Texas, so it was hot. Love the weather. Uh, just great atmosphere. It was really fun to be at the game, man. I appreciate the Tampa the Saints for putting on a show. Also, with the game, Roosters and Saints, you guys went at it. Probably the best game I've seen so far this year. Both defenses played well. Saints offense just never rose to the challenge in this game. And, I mean, honestly, if they would have just not went three and out so much, the score would not have been as high. The Roosters would not have as many opportunity or as much time to score as many points as they did I mean just getting the first down can prolong a drive four plays which takes four plays away from your opponents now I'm doing quick math so I don't know if anybody's gonna be able to stick with me overall great game both teams appreciate it can't wait till next week I hope you're enjoying the show so far but I have to take this time to give some of my listeners a much needed wake-up call it's 2018 people If you're listening to this podcast from a link, you're doing it wrong. Just follow American Football in Finland on the Podbean app and get instant notifications when new episodes are published. If you're too lazy to use the Podbean app, that's okay. AFF is also on the iTunes podcast app. So just type in American Football in Finland and click the subscribe button. Don't forget to give me a five-star rating while you're at it. And Android users can subscribe on Google Play. It's 2018, people. Keep up. Maple League teams are back in action on Friday with Tampa the Saints at the Wausau Royals. And then the City Oak Crocodiles are at the Portville Butchers on Saturday. And we got three games this week. So on Monday night, Quopio Steelers at the Helsinki Roosters at the Velodrome. I don't know if I'm going to be going to any of these games. Actually, you know what? I might go to the Quopio Steelers at the Helsinki Roosters Monday night. So if y'all see me out there, come say hi to Perfect Purpose. I'll be the black guy in the hat. (laughs) Uh, Let's get on to the pick'ems. My panel of football experts have picked winners for next week's games. I'll either have it online today or tomorrow. Probably today. I'll I'll put it up later today or earlier today. I don't know when I'm releasing this, actually. But it'll be up today. Um, I'll pick my winners for the games the day of the games. So definitely check out my Facebook page, Perfect Purvis. Also, if you want to get the notifications, just like my Facebook page and put it to see first on your notifications. And then you'll be notified whenever I put out my videos saying that, hey, these are my picks. That'll help you guys out a little bit if you just want to follow me but don't want to be checking my page all the time. 
going back to the picks right now, Q is in first. He's 8-0. Tuomas is in second, 7-1. The finish, Swami, is also 7-1. And then me and Jabari are two games back at 6-2. That's it for American Football in Finland. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I won't be recording a week five show because of my holiday trip. And Midsummer follows that week. So hopefully I'll come back with a Midsummer show as the second half of the season gets ready to kick off. Until then, never forget. T-I-F. American Football in Finland is now on iTunes. Please rate the show and subscribe today. If you really like the podcast, follow AFF on the Podbean app. Search American Football in Finland and hit that follow button. And for all you loyal AFF listeners, we are now accepting Podbean patrons. Click become a patron on the AFF page and pledge your loyalty. Thanks for listening. American Football in Finland.